Come on, bitch, 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 let's go. Welcome back to part two of Dishing Drama Dana's Kiki with Up and Adam and Down with Jason. Let's get them to spill more tea. Well, let, let me tell you how, how crazy this information that came out of Law 360 is about, I'm going to bring it back to this FBI head guy, okay? Yeah. First of all, the LA Times immediately jumped on this information when they heard that Law 360 covered it, and they released a story today. And in it, they noted very specifically that the FBI special agent in charge of the Tom Girardi case is Brian Gilhooley. All right, because um, when when 360 reached out to the FBI, they were like, "Oh, him." Alway, he's not really working on this anymore. He's out of this office now because always a huge dude. I mean, he is like James Bond on steroids. His I, re- I read his whole resume. It's like crazy. He's very powerful. And so they said, well, he's moved on. He's really doing other things. But the LA Times pointed out that the gentleman who's in charge of Tom Girardi's you know, case that they're investigating and all this stuff is under him. And so the LA Times was like, wait a minute, he's over the gentleman doing the case. He's the boss. And they're like, did he recluse his involvement in this case? Right? Because what that means is you say to the FBI, I'm so sorry. I need to recuse myself because my mom was close to Girardi for 20 odd years. And in fact, a house that I own with my mother is was half bought by him. Therefore, I, as the head of the FBI, am not in a position to not be, uh, you know, biased. Right. Right. So you 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 make this known. And there was no response by the FBI of whether he had done that or not. <sighs> Which is really bizarre because they should have right off the bat, the FBI would be like, yes, you know, in this particular instance, he did. It means he didn't disclose it, I think, to the FBI. And if he's at this high level, and I mean, when I'm saying high, I mean, on the team that weapons of mass destruction FBI team, like really high level Washington stuff. I mean, who knows? And and I think the L.A. Times doesn't outright say it, but they imply, wait a minute. How come this didn't come out? That's you're supposed to do it. I mean. there There's laws that say if you don't tell on something like that, you've broken a law. So I don't understand how he couldn't have told. Right when this hit, you know, I mean, it'd be one thing if he said he didn't know, but it's all over the press. I feel like this is like the never ending like shit is about to go down. Well, I'm about to blow your mind with one more layer. 
Oh, wait. Okay. Here we go. Okay. So some sleuthies did uh, research and found old pictures of Tom Girardi and a picture of the uh, gentleman who's in question in regards to this house that his mom, Michelle Alway, owns that Tom paid for parts of it. Um, Donald Alway. Um, they looked up a picture of Donald and they found that Tom Girardi and Donald actually look very similar. So what would that, what factor would that play? Well, I suppose, so I suppose you could speculate that perhaps the reason that Michelle Alway left Girardi Keys and got a house might be that there might've been a relationship with Tom Girardi. You could speculate only because of his past behavior. But to be fair, that wouldn't be like the craziest thing, right? Because we've heard that there could have been a potential relationship in the past anyways, with like, not just not them, but other like multiple other women. Correct. So if I was an FBI agent doing this case, and I'm looking for patterns. I see that Tom Girardi has numerous patterns with, you know, extramarital affairs and women that he has a tendency to buy people in bribery schemes that he has houses and gifts and things like that. Something he does to, to settle a situation. And I see a long-term intimate relationship with a worker who he trusted greatly to run his office and be his secretary for 20 years. And I see an enormous salary going to this person that's out, you know, not the typical salary and for for someone in that role. And I, I look at the fact that a house is purchased for them during a time period, and then they cease working with that company. And then I see um, a, a man who looks similar to Tom Jordy and ends up in a huge position of power. You know, I, I'm sure Tom Girardi could have put in a few good words for him and getting him in his FBI position, speculation totally, but look what he did with the judges, look what he did with the California Bar Association. As an FBI agent, I would say my investigation has some legs at a right. minimum. Jeez. Some legs. But I mean, this is what this is devastating stuff because we can't have people in the FBI not disclose things like this or, you know, not be following the letter of the law to an elevated level because it makes the rest, it puts the rest of us in such danger because we, we can't distrust the already corrupt justice system. You know what I mean? Well, and then I feel like we've already dealt with this with the bar, right? The state bar where people are already kind of in their minds, like we can't, you know, can we trust them? Do we not what's going on? And I, now we're, questioning the same thing with the FBI, like that's a problem. It's a problem. And the California Bar Association put out all of their recommendations of like what they're going to be doing um, in the future. And what one of the main reforms that I was like, how could they not do is they aren't going to be sharing complaints to the public. I mean, well, even at the highest level, like statistical level, for example, um, I look up an attorney and it says this attorney has 100 complaints about uh, client money not being paid. 
I don't need to know who's in the complaint. I don't need to know. There's categories that all complaints fall into at the California Bar Association. So you should have a right to know if there is a pattern with an attorney and bad behavior. And that will become really apparent if there's, even if they're not completed uh, complaints, they're just out there. Like, I want to know that a hundred people, you know, said this guy didn't pay them their money, even if they are all jerks and liars and just coming for him like a plastic surgeon, right? I want to have the knowledge that that's happening. So I can say, you know, I'm going to say that 30% of those people are just jerks and 10% are, you know, don't know the system, but I'm still seeing 70% looking or, you know, 60% looking for their money back. I'm not comfortable with that. I think I'm going to go with this guy over here. He only has you know, 10, (laughs) right? So they're not doing that. They're not going to show that. And until they, until they aren't concealing complaints, I don't believe the California Bar Association ever will not be corrupt. You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on it. It only takes structure. And, and you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah, know what I mean. So, do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little? You know I mean, yeah, yeah, we all we all artists over here, man. I'm trying, oh, yeah, I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah, yeah. Me, yeah. Me, we all artists, man. We go, you feel me? We gonna have this like. Me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this shit. I gotta lie, we play with this shit right now for for. I gotta lie, don't play with it. Take that shit serious. Well, but they did. I mean, like, well, I mean, they did issue an apology, but is the apology to save face? Of course it is, because the statistics behind the document are horrific. And they basically completely dropped the ball with one of the most, you know, and, and the result is $500 million in damages. So, you know, thanks for your 52 page letter, but uh, where's the $500 million? You got an insurance policy these people can hit up? Nope. Are you guys going to go to jail for, for not doing this to these people? Nope. Are there any consequences? Did anyone really get fired outside of the people that, you know, were already were fired in the process of all this? Nope. These you're like you mother girls. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help I get angry. I get angry for everybody who is hurt. Because, well, because it, Yeah, go ahead. No, just to piggyback off of what you're saying, it's like it's because these are supposed to be systems that are put in place that are supposed to maintain transparency in order for people to feel protected. So then once you have certain people who are at the top of the top or like the upper echelon who are able to corrupt certain systems, and now we're seeing through that, then it takes that, you know, like level of, oh, okay. Like it's almost like when you talk about people who, when they do statistics about people who are wrongfully convicted or people who get bigger sentences for the same crimes. Like you try to hope that the system is doing its best, but then when you see like these holes in the system and you want some sort of clarity or someone to be able to make this make sense, and then you see it continuing to happen, you're like, 
the fuck is going on? Yeah, it's super dangerous. And and then you see, uh, a, you know, then you get into the people like, you know, they steal a candy bar and they get five years in prison. Right. <laughs> and then exactly. Tom Girardi's like, I've got Alzheimer's, everybody. Bye. Yeah, exactly. What? And you're like, um, yeah, what? What is that? Right. So, question for you, really quick. Do you think that had Tom Girardi not, uh, like, with everything that he's being accused of and all of the shit that's come out, do you think that had he not have been diagnosed, he would have been facing a ridiculous jail sentence? I believe that Tom Girardi would have been arrested at the same time as Christopher Kamen if he hadn't done the Alzheimer's uh, situation. Now they have to cons- they have to flip Chris first because Chris has to admit something to the feds, which is that maybe he doesn't have Alzheimer's. Wait, and- can he admit something like that? How if he's not a doctor, how does he admit something like that? Uh, just by saying I could testify that he was functioning pure, you know, properly. He was telling me where to move money at the time. Uh, obviously, if you are of, you definitely are of sound mind if you're trying to hide your money and assets and get money out of your Girardi Keys bank account or to, you know, pay people off. You're not in, you don't have Alzheimer's anymore at that point. And they could argue that that would be enough that they could argue that you know, I guess break the, the Alzheimer veil, we'll call it instead of the corporate veil, the Alzheimer veil. But wouldn't, couldn't they easily argue on his side? Like this person is not a doctor. So bring in my doctor and my doctor's going to tell you, oh no, I do have Alzheimer's. So tell this person to shut the hell up. They for sure can do that. But at that time, I mean, that's why what he did was genius. I mean, he always planned this. I know he did. I know deep down with all the knowledge that I have that he for 20 years was doing a Ponzi scheme and he had an exit strategy that he felt was like legally foolproof and would protect everybody that he had been paying bribes to because he's definitely, we're going to find out more now, right? It just keeps getting like crazier. I'm not suggesting the FBI is involved in that part of it, but like with the California Bar Association, that was enough. But but now we know there's other people taking bribes because all these attorneys that have been giving kickbacks to Chris Kamen are, are taking a piece of that money, which means they're taking bribe money. Right. So they're taking money to give him money off the book. Right. Do you understand right. what I mean? No. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But, so, but then, so, that's so in now- other words, all those people had to feel like Tom Girardi is going to protect them somehow. Let me read you guys something from the LA Times about the side fraud. In an affidavit justifying the arrests of Christopher Kamen on a wire fraud charge, an FBI agent wrote that the former Girardi Keys CFO duped his boss out of millions of dollars by persuading Girardi's secretary that the firm's operating account was running low. The secretary would then contact Girardi, who would in turn authorize Cayman to replenish the firm's supposedly depleted coffers with money from a trust account holding clients' money, according to the affidavit submitted by special agent Elias Guerrero. He wrote that Cayman spent millions on home renovations, exotic cars, and female escorts. 
The alleged scheme involved at least 10 million, prosecutors have said, and occurred during a period in which an even greater fraud involving as much as 100 million in client funds was playing out at the law firm. Ironically, it appears that Cayman was misappropriating monies from GK at the same time as Girardi and other Girardi Keys principals, <clears throat> including Cayman, are suspected of separately misappropriating monies from clients' trust accounts, Guerrero wrote. Federal authorities have said in court that they are continuing to investigate those involved in the larger fraud and theft scheme. One beneficiary of Cayman's alleged embezzlement was 29-year-old Nicole Rokita, who the CFO, now 49, met on the website SeekingArrangements.com, quote, which connects affluent older men with younger women. Seeking arrangements is not about that, actually, you guys. Seeking arrangements, like, I want money in return for sex. Um, <laughs> or, you know, a lavish lifestyle in terms of, you know, in in exchange for being a girlfriend. The article goes on. I, di I digress. Beginning in 2017, Cayman transferred 360000 from Girardi Keys to Rokita and separately spent hundreds of thousands of dollars of firm money to purchase her jewelry, clothing, and even a Tesla sports car. A federal prosecutor last week said the purchase included a handbag valued at 120000 Rokita did not return messages seeking comment. An online resume and news article identified her as the owner of a now-defunct keto diet restaurant on Santa Monica Boulevard. The nature of her relationship with Cayman is not clear. In 2017, she posted a video that showed her accepting an elaborate marriage proposal from Cayman in Las Vegas that included a private jet, professional dancers, and a party with relatives. The most amazing proposal by my incredible fiance couldn't be happier, she wrote in a post since removed. The affidavit suggests Rokita had been cooperating with the federal investigation. She told agents in recent interviews that Cayman listed her as a, quote, legal marketer for Girardi Keys and that she received health insurance through the law firm. She also recounted how he became gripped with fear after the collapse of the law firm two years ago. Cayman told Rokita that he thought he may be implicated in the GK scheme and that he was going to leave the country, change his name, and hide from authorities in connection with whatever federal case might be brought, Guerrero wrote. Cayman bought a $2.4 million mansion in New Providence, Bahamas, in October, and he told Rokita that the island nation would grant him residence after such a purchase. He was arrested earlier this month in a Baltimore airport after stepping off a flight from the Bahamas. He's being detained without bail as a potential flight risk pending his transfer to L.A. to face the wire fraud charge. Cayman also allegedly worked with the law firm's one-time handyman to siphon more than $5.6 million from the law firm. Through a handyman? The handyman... Isidro Bravo told federal agents during an interview last summer that Cayman enlisted him in the fraud and issued checks to him on the law firm's account. After Bravo cashed the checks in his own account, he then returned much of the cash to Cayman, according to the filing. Bravo, who did not respond to a message seeking comment, also kept some of the money as payment for construction and repairs he had performed at Cayman's personal properties. I'm sure at a premium. One of those checks to Bravo appears to be the basis of the wire fraud charge. They always do these um, like token amounts that they throw in the, the fraud charge, but just to prove 
point. And this one was uh, $4,885.67 paid on September 16, 2020, a period when the law firm's clients were clamoring for unpaid settlement money. At least four other people involved in the construction business received about $4 million from Girardi Keys in a way similar to Bravo's, according to the affidavit. Ooh, look, so money laundering through the construction business. <laughs> not, not too original, I have to say. One of those contractors were Paulo Arizola. So here's another one who also told federal investigators that he met Cayman while he was doing work at the law firm. Arizola said he performed a 13-month renovation at Cayman's Encino Mansion and rebuilt the plumbing system at Cayman's Palos Verdes property, work that was all paid for with checks issued by Girardi Keys. Guerrero identified more than $1.2 million in payments to Arizola from 2017 to 2020. So, He's not only using, you know, in his side scheme, Cayman's side scheme, he seems to be using the escort um, because he actually gives her like a BS role in the company somehow. And like, I guess, you know, I don't know if she did really work for him or not, but they, he seems to somehow be using the escort. He's using the these construction workers to do it. Um, in the previous statement from the prosecutor, um, she mentions uh, not only uh, attorneys that worked at the firm that may have been in, in on it, but also other attorneys um, that are outside the firm. So that wasn't in this particular article, but that was mentioned in a previous one. So anyway, if you guys want to read this whole article, it's Escorts, Kickbacks, and Tesla, New Details in the Scandal and Fraud of Tom Girardi's Law Firm, LA Times. All right, back to Adam. But now what's going to happen then is what you're essentially saying is that it's going to take just having one person flip and then the whole pyramid comes crashing down. Correct. That's now, exactly how it works. That's, listen, I'm living for this. Yeah, now no, I know. It's see so the pyramid crazy. crash down. <laughs> it's I so crazy. See it crash down. Now I'm invested because I'm like, this really, you know, like you want to believe and I'm... I'm like cotton candy in that way of wanting to believe that people are like the best version of like best versions of themselves and like they're going to be incredible and whatever. And it's like Candyland over here in my mind. Maybe I am. I'm related to Kathy Hilton. I don't no, know. Let me tell I, you what, Adam, I was you, my love. I was like Snow White until I got whacked by the system myself. And when I went through that, I learned I was like it was like waking up like, you know, in the Matrix, you wake up and you're like, <gasps> I really like, live in oh, no. <laughs> like a horrific world. Yeah, it was like that. And then ever since it, I changed my programming because I was raised very similar to you, like Snow White. My dad, you know, holidays at Disney, like we're doing Thanksgiving at Disney. Like my life was, you know, my dad never taught me bad that there was bad out there and I got clobbered by it. Yeah. I but mean, you won't because I'll protect I you. <laughs> Listen, I I, <laughs> I appreciate you'll do that. a better job than me. <laughs> no, Jason, I, but, I I feel like you haven't I, talk a little, sweetie. I no, feel like I'm I've, just I'm so excited. I so excited to listen to you talk about this stuff because the Girardi thing I just stopped following so long ago, and uh, you know I follow like little news here and there and in and what you release, but it's very interesting listening to you. Well, you both talk, but like stuff I didn't know. Wow, I know Jason and Casey are so quiet. 
<laughs> I know. Yeah, I hope you guys are listening because it's interesting instead of like, oh God, these guys oh, never shut no, 100%. up. Oh, no, 100%. They're like these motherfuckers. Okay, I have one last topic really quick. I, 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 We could go on and on. I mean, the Real Housewives of New York is not going to plan. Uh, mm. The Real Housewives of New Jersey's drama. Joe has got three shows in the work. He's going to do a comedy special. Um, you know, there's so much to talk about out there. Uh, Denise Richards' car getting shot. What do you guys want to talk about as our last topic on today's show? Oh, my God. We could do a fire round. What's that? Oh, that <laughs> just fun. means like, let's hit them all. Lizzie Savetsky, something you guys should know, uh, which I will share, is that Lizzie was not a devout uh a Jewish person when she first started out she was she became a devout Jewish person um Lizzie was uh, is a recovering alcoholic oh shit Lizzie was the reason that they put the real housewives of new york cast together she was the first person cast she was originally going to be on Dallas they went ahead and they packaged the new cast around her um i know that they knew she was going to cause lots of shit because it's pretty apparent when you like watch her stuff and do a deep dive about her that she doesn't hold back and she's very controversial. So I know Bravo intended that. I wondered why they had uh, put her on with Uba, who's Muslim, because Mm -hmm. they have tension already from the top because of her being a Zionist, which, you know, that's great because everybody can take a side. And I guess, although these, these are not fun sides to take, I don't know why Bravo's choosing to do this, but this is what they're doing. We cannot have another Ramona. We cannot have another political thing. We cannot have another investigation. Like we have to get rid of the thorn in the ass of something if we're investing all of this money into it before it's dead before the launch. I and and she had a very uh Lizzie Savetsky had a very strong Bravo uh family in the sense that her her husband's a, a successful plastic surgeon, right? And does lots of social media. Her her children do social media, they're little babies and they do performances and everything. Wait, she, how old are they that they do social media? What do you, do you just like, raise like little social media babies now? I'm not kidding. They're like like Kardashians kids. They're like the same age, but they do lots of social media stuff. She's she's been on social media heavily uh the last few years. Um, she's really an influencer in the true sense of the word, like or hater, but that's what she is. And she's got a really passionate following, which is why I think Bravo uh, was interested in her. And her whole family is very camera friendly. They mm-hmm. love it. They do it. They're, it's like part of their life. Wow. So I'm shocked because what they did is uh, the cast has multiple religions like Salt Lake City. Yeah. And they put them together and... I, I mean, maybe there was a conflict, like I mentioned, in a very serious way about a very passionate topic related to religion. Um, and maybe that caused something that, you know, triggered HR or something. I don't know. But I am shocked because she is literally the main core cast member, which shocked me, by the way, when I found that out, because I was like, everybody already doesn't like her. 
you know, they're saying all these bad things about her. So I was kind of like, how could this be the main cast member? But she was, she was, she was the Lisa Barlow. She was the Kyle Richards. Well, this just in, Lizzie Savetsky put on her Instagram and made it official that she, well, she says the following, I will not be continuing on the Real Housewives of NYC. As a proud Orthodox Jewish woman, I thought participating in this series would be a great chance to represent people like me and share my experience. Unfortunately, from the time of my announcement in the cast, I was on the receiving end of a torrent of anti-Semitic attacks. As this continued, I realized that this path was no longer right for me and my family. I'm looking forward to my next chapter. Stay tuned and thank you for your support, all my love. And that is, wow, where she left it. Now there is a backstory to this, which is that she got into a fight with Bryn Whitfield. Allegedly, what happened is Bryn Whitfield wanted to be set up with a Jewish man through Savetsky's dating service that she offers called Bishert. And Lizzie Savetsky said, no, I won't do that because I only uh, deal with Orthodox Jews, both women and men. Um, and you need to understand that to us, it's not just a religion, it's a people. And to that, Bryn Whitfield got really offended. And she basically uh, said something to the effect of, you know, you sound like the people that hated on your people, implying that Zavetsky sounded like a Nazi, basically, although she didn't say those exact words. She just implied it by saying, you know, the the people who hated your people. And then um, Savetsky obviously was outraged. It blew into a huge fight. And then um, a phone call happened after that was not on camera between the two women. And Savetsky said that, you know, she didn't like racial slurs and the power of racial slurs. And Bryn Whitfield also agreed with that stance and said she agreed that racial slurs were really dangerous. And then she used the... Bryn Whitfield used the N-word. Now, Bryn is half black, so obviously she felt like that was okay for her to do. And then um, this shocked Lizzie Savetsky. Uh, she thought maybe she was being set up by Bryn Whitfield, that Bryn was going to set up a storyline similar to what Lisa Renna did to Kathy Hilton in the Caribou Club in season 12 of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, with, you know, the homophobic slur, racist slurs that we never see on camera. So basically people can say anything happened and there's no, you know, some people will believe it. Some people won't. And Savetsky got really scared because she was already getting so much hate as being a Zionist from people that were showing anti-Semitic sentiments that she was like, oh my God, if this becomes a storyline on the show about my family, I'm going to, it's going to really be bad for me, like death threats and everything. So she talked to her husband about it and he was very upset, obviously. And he reached out to producers and said, we're scared that Bryn Whitfield is going to say that, you know, my wife, Lizzie Savetsky said the N word and lie when she didn't. But when he was telling the story, I guess he mimicked Bryn Whitfield using the full word and not just said the N word. And the producers who took the call got offended and felt like maybe, um, you know, it was a, a racist sentiment. 
And so uh, he tried to profusely apologize and they, I guess, didn't accept the apology and escalated it. And then essentially the Savetsky family, Bravo and NBC decided to mutually part ways on the basis of things like not going already badly, you know, to this degree, especially after what went down with Ebony and what went down with um, Ramona Singer. You know, like I did my interview with Kelly Dodd and Kelly Dodd said, being a housewife is like being a prostitute. It's easy money. You don't quit these sort of jobs. And I was like, (laughs) that's what she said. True story. But Kelly Dodd uh, didn't have a wealthy husband at the time. Oh, she had a horrific, abusive ex named Michael Dodd. And she had, uh, you know, it was Rick was came in sort of towards the end of her last season. You know, they got married and everything in that last like year, right? That she was on the show. So I agree with her, but Lizzie's husband's rich. Is like, what is rich? Like does, uh, has a mass of plastic surgery operation in oh. New York City. Oh, so and like I think came like, from a wealthy family on top of it. Like Lisa Hochstein's husband, Rich? I, I don't know how many of the clinics he has, if he has more than one, but I think he does. I think he has two that I know of. One in Texas and one in New York, I think. But his main one is New York now, or at least that's how he's making it look. So he could be money, money. So... Hmm. Yeah, but I I just, I'm shocked. I'm just shocked. I'm shocked. I don't know what they're going to do. I've investigated all of these women and they're all very, very interesting. Some more than others by a lot. My fear is that they're without a crazy lady. They, the show is going to be flat as all hell. Like, you know, imagine a show where it's just Lisa Meredith and Whitney. That's what we're looking at right now. Yeah, that's what we're looking at for (laughs) New York. That's that's the, I could tell you each character who they are. They've got a girl who's kind of like Chanel Ion, who's Uba. She's very well established, supermodel, but she's not very controversial. She's super sweet. We've got, um, and and she comes off that way. I mean, I'm sure she's outspoken too, but she's, you know, because she's been coached by Chanel, but she's, you know, very nice and sweet and stuff like that. And she's well-spoken and everything. Um, we've got uh, Giselle, okay. And Giselle is uh, really based out of Los Angeles. She's a transplant. She wasn't really from New York. She moved. Her husband also had a, a big presence in Texas. So she probably tried out through the Texas uh, when they were doing stuff with Texas because there's quite a few girls here with ties to Texas. And and there were rumors they were going to do another season and bring in all these ladies on Real Housewives of Dallas to like, you know, fix it. And then they dumped it and they did New York. And some of these Dallas ladies seem to be appearing on New York somehow. Um, so anyway, Giselle, she's a, a mom of two young babies. Uh, I'm sure she's outspoken. She's but I, I don't know what drama she's really going to bring. Bryn Whitfield is super uh, like kind of ditzy. She's um, that's really her. Um, That's all I have to say about her. Uh, She's a bisexual woman. That is her identity. What? She is bi? 
Oh, no, no. I, they have, no. Yeah, because I didn't think they announced it, but I, I studied her feed and it's like, it seems to, that she does both, it seems. Um, and then Sai uh, De Silva, she's great. She could, she's a, a, a spitfire influencer. Uh, husband tried to start a bar, didn't work. Um, she's you know, very good at, at, at like the Brooklyn speak. She's legit New York. So she's going to be great from the New York perspective. Okay. Well, you have to have that authentic one New Yorker, right? Like you can't, I mean, that was one of the qualms about, and I, I don't even know what qualm means. So let me Google define actually, Jason, will you write that in the notes? Can you Google define <laughs> qualm? Yeah. I have a list but, of words that Adam doesn't know. So we, yeah, yeah, we yeah. write them down <laughs> and then we look them up Thank later. You. No, but I sit in the bathtub and then I go over the words and I learn the definition. So then I can have You're like, like more... my son for SATs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Except no, he's probably smarter. Definitely smarter for sure. 100% smarter. Anyways, my point is, is one of the biggest things that everyone had with the Real Housewives of Dubai is once the cast came out, people were like, where the fuck are the housewives who live in Dubai? Like, we're having housewives that are coming from Texas or Boston or, but where is like authentic Dubai? And they could get away with that a little bit because Dubai is a fairly new place, right? But there are still people, now they came out with Bling Dubai on Netflix and you have people Dubai, who have been yeah, there for like great. a long time. And it's great. And it's like, oh, shit, there are people who are authentic to Dubai a little bit. But like for New York, we still need that authentic New York like attitude. We can't just bring a bunch of transplants and be like, oh, I'm, I'm already like I've said that in my videos. I'm already upset because New York is a very you have to be there at least eight years to be a New Yorker. Like you can't just come in last year and be a New Yorker. It's yeah. Then you have like fucking Taylor on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And she's like, I'm about to go Kentucky on your ass. And you're like, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you mean, you mean Taylor Ford. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but if you, I mean, okay, so Sai has it. She's good. Uba, you know, she's going to be, she has that model thing going on. She's all right, but not, not, Sai, I think will be controversial. Uba, I think she'll have to be kind of made to get angry. She's not going to be, unless Chanel trains her. Erin Leakey, she's a cut through the crap uh, girl. Um, and she's uh, Jewish and she would have been a great uh, kind of more moderate Jewish uh, player on the show, uh, you know, because she is devout. She just isn't to the extreme that Lizzie Savetsky is. Um, and Aaron is a cut through the crap type girl. Um, Jenna Lyons, obviously, uh, I mean, professionally awe inspiring. Um, she is. Uh, openly gay. She has a, a, a child. She, she left her husband, uh, to, for this woman and then it didn't work out. But anyway, she did have a child with her first husband that she left for this woman. And Jenna has this amazing career. However, she's kind of a Meredith. Do you know what I'm saying? Like not in a bad like, way, but she's like gonna, chill. huh? Just there. Well, like Mer I mean, kind of like, because I feel like Meredith and we love Meredith. We've we been, love Meredith. Um, I love Meredith too. You know, she yes. sent me a jacket that's sick because she's so sweet. Yeah. Did she send you a jacket? Yeah, you I showed it to her. This? 
when we saw her in Palm Beach, Adam. I showed her the photo that Dana sent me. Where was I? Three ones in. <laughs> not answering your not text messages. In, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> no. So much anyway. gets by Adam. <laughs> I know. Do you know? Like, Jesus. Life's escaping us moment after moment. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to wake up and be 42. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. No, yeah, not, uh, exactly. But... Him. <laughs> no. Loser. <laughs> No, but I'm saying I'm just going to wake up and I'm going to be like, I, I said that to Jason the other day, by the way. I said, <laughs> you took my 20s. And he's like, fuck off. You would have been dead by now if it wasn't for me. Totally. Like, oh, no. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh I, I just, I don't want to go off topic, but really quickly, did you guys build a studio or something? I saw that on your feed. What was that? Oh, no, we're, um. so we're currently in the process of building a home. Um, and we've always, we met in LA from LA. We moved to Thailand, Thailand to New York, New York, back to LA and LA back to Florida. And we've never lived in more than 1100 square feet. We've always had small places cause we've lived in big cities. And now, um, because the apartment that we moved into, they're literally doubling our rent cause there are no laws in Florida for that. We decided uh, to look into building a place and we found a great developer and now they're building like a place where we have room. So we're building two studios in our house and it's going to be more of like a sit down sort of talk show studio where it's full body. So exciting. There's, so we that have so means many great you have ideas. to come down in person, Dana. But where are yes, you going to be? Where the hell are you? We're just um, north of Palm Beach. Be, yes. Yes. Well, that's why I was trying to get, I said, the only way I'm going to actually ever speak to Adam again is to get him on the show and tell him because <laughs> so, Jason <laughs> no, and I'm I have our be own better. private relationship. <laughs> yeah. Wait, no, I don't, I'm I don't even be think about and him see, when we talk. I'm not going to listen to Casey anymore when Casey's like, don't answer Dana. And I'm going <laughs> to, now like, I'm going to be better. I'm, I'm today, today, especially after talking with Lala and she went through her whole sobriety journey. I'm going to go through my textual relationship journey of just bettering <laughs> myself and being more of a vulnerable human being who is intact with oneself and one's iPhone. Oh God, I love yes. it. I love it. You shut it. up, Jason. Well, listen, I. Uh, it's funny because you know Randall Emmett actually had a case that was supposed to be happening this week. That big case that came out in the LA Times. And uh, they pushed out the hearing for it. I thought he was going to have it settled by now, but they pushed out the hearing for it. The, not the one about the uh, uh, the uh, racial discrimination case, the one about, you know, supposedly taking money on this movie and not using it for the movie and all that. So, um, but he's still a, totally estranged from Lala. Yeah, well, we talk a little when we did our interview we were very um i guess just mindful because i met lala almost 10 years ago and i was the one who trained her at sir and then i reconnected with her at BravoCon, but i didn't want to mention his name so i just kept saying you know lala when it comes to you and he who shall not be named like almost like <laughs> lord voldemort because i didn't want to say randall because i'm like first of all randall re reminds me of like he 
for uh, physically, I I always think of Ninety Day Fiance Big Ed, and I hate that. <laughs> and then, like, when I think of him as like a person, I think of Randall on Recess, like the the guy who's just like that little narc that like runs back and forth totally. to miss like whatever. And I just I met him, and I know that Dana has a totally different relationship with him. But when I met him at Sir a couple times. I remember where he would come in and he just loved the attention and the women were like, Randall, Randall, Lala. And they would just be like, can you call her? And they were so like wasted. And I remember one time specifically where he's like, you want me to call Lala? And they're like, yes, call Lala. <laughs> and he FaceTimed her and I'm like looking and I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, don't do it. And he was like wasted, wasted. And she's going through her sobriety journey and he FaceTimes her and they're like all in the background and they're like, la la, we love you. And she like, as soon as she clicked on, she clicked right back off. And then he's like, I think I'm in trouble. And I'm like, yeah, dude, you're probably in fucking trouble, but you're going to be in a lot of trouble if you don't pay this $1,600 bill because you just bought half of the restaurant shots. And then after Did that- Did he ever pay it? Well, he told Jax, we know Jax. Jax is kind of like a big douchebag. He told Jax that he didn't have his wallet. So then Jax got pissed off and started yelling at Randall and said, we can't do this again. You always do this to me, man. And I looked at Jax and I was like, guys, somebody has to pay. And Jax hates me. So I'm like, this is great. And then thankfully, do you remember um, Casey Richardson? Kind of. He was at Pump though, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, he yeah. was also the manager at Tom Tom, and I went over and got Richardson. And Richardson walked up and he was like, "Somebody's paying for this," and I was like, "That's right, that's right, <laughs> that's right. Somebody's paying, and that's automatic gratuity because it's over ten, and you bought more than twenty shots for these girls over here, plus you two assholes, plus everybody else you bought in the bar. So automatic gratuity, and somebody's paying for it." And Richardson's like, "What's up?" And I was like, "Thanks, Richardson. I really appreciate you, and I think I just got like a three hundred dollar tip." And this like Love it. only took 40 minutes for them to rack up a tab. But Jax was pissed off at Randall. Randall was pissed off at Jax. I was completely happy. And Lala was like, fuck you. Don't FaceTime you with a bunch of girls in the background. Wow. Well, it does. Yeah, I know. Randall. Shorthands, they call it. Shorthands. I can't reach their wallet. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> short, I thought short you were... man. <laughs> I thought that was a different play on what you were saying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do you know I saw at BravoCon because I went to the Andy's Legends ball thing um where they had like all of the different casts come out and everybody like they're like and we can't do whatever without the cast of the real housewives of Beverly Hills and then they all walk out and everybody's like wow and then they like move over and they go through every franchise and then they bring out Vanderpump Rules and Andy's like reading the teleprompter and he's like, speaking of life, um, moving on and single, I feel pretty single tonight. How are you guys feeling? Lala, how are you feeling? Are you looking for a new man? And she, she said something to the effect of, oh, yes. And I'm looking for a new man who has uh, an actual neck and a jawline. And I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. That, I mean, like, man, Randall, <laughs> I thought you had a lot of money, but you can fix that. I don't know. I, I keep telling him he's got to come on the show. And I said, you, you know, it's not like anyone's not going to ever think you're an asshole because it's like you're past that point. Yeah. But what you could do is show 
your character in the sense of like why you've been successful in Hollywood, like you have to a degree and, you know, why you have so many kind of people around you always like feeding off your energy because that definitely is the case. And so from that perspective, you could try to enlighten people to your, you know, instead of trying to be the good guy, which you just, that's not who you are, or trying to be the guy who, you know, you're generous in some ways, but you're cheap in others and you piss everybody off, like just own it and let everybody get to know you and stop trying to hide behind some bullshit facade you put forward that all your good friends know you don't have anyway. But a lot of people still like you, even though, you know, not 50 Cent, not people you screw over, not me for 10 years when you screwed me over, but you made amends. (laughs) No, but you made amends. You know what? It took you 10 years. It took me getting a little more important, but you did make amends. And some people wouldn't have. They would have never paid. Right. So there is a place, you know, in that story of a guy that is gray, you do a lot of charity work in Miami, but you, you're a chronic, a chronic cheater. You know, you're you're you give people a lot of big breaks, but sometimes you have an ulterior motive to get a movie made that like you exploit that person. That's OK. Let's talk about it. Let's cut the shit and try to stop being like, oh, this is the bad guy. and That's the good guy. Like Randall's neither. You know, he's neither. So I, I tried, but. I don't know. He says he wants to, but his publicist won't let him. We'll see. I I don't believe him, but whatever. The publicist publicist. won't let him. What? You're. Yeah, no, he was on with the publicist. He's like, I want to do Dana's show. You know, he talks. (laughs) And he's like, I want to do it. Dana knows me for 20 plus years. She knows everything about me, my good and my bad. She'll help everybody understand better me. And then the publicity person goes quiet. (laughs) You believe that though? (laughs) Well, I, I, I don't, I don't know what to believe with Randall. How do I, you know, whatever. He's like, the other day I said, I can't believe you still haven't come on the show. Like what, what's it going to take? How many lawsuits is it going to take for you to come on the show and explain your side? And, uh, you know, and he's like, I want to come on, you know, I want to come on. I'm like, well then come on, cut the shit, you know, but anyway, you know how it goes. You have to, just I'll just sit here and wait another year and eventually he'll come on. He has yeah. to because I'm the only one who's known him since he was a, a, a like a kid. Maybe that makes him nervous because maybe you know too much. Well, I know what he I know what he had to do to get where he got. So I understand, you know, some of where the asshole came from. What did from. he have to do to get to where he got? Well, not I suck people off. That. <laughs> that, that's Jax. Isn't that well, you Jax never know who about, did that? You never know in Hollywood, huh? You, yeah, never, you never know, know in Hollywood. It's true. It's true. I, Although the, a producer we both worked for, he did uh, pull his dick out and ask me and tell me that once. He said, you should just suck it. And I was like, no. Yeah, no. that really happened. So. I don't think with Aunt Randall that happened, but it did with me. It, you know, I didn't suck it. Just to, I don't want to leave that out there. <laughs> you know, if anybody, if anybody ever harassed me, and I mean this in the mm. most lightest, funnest way, it was Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Casey harassed me. You're at the a host predator, there. Casey. It no. was always Casey who was like, 
he's i'd be like i'm straight go away and he's like mm, are you <laughs> like go away from me yeah leave true. me alone i'm that's straight true. i love, it. I love be, it he would walk away and then he would go do something and he would come back and then he'd be like god damn it here he is again like what do i say now but <laughs> i always loved casey so that was my joke that was my mm. joke of the night casey I'm i love kidding. it all right. So listen, as we wrap it up, one last question for you guys. Okay. Uh, could you give the patrons, uh, first of all, one last tea that maybe we haven't talked about that, you know, that is great. And then plug your shows, plug all of them. Yeah. I mean, as far as tea, um, I think it would be more so in the conversations that we have upcoming that we're excited about for our own podcast, because, I always, I always like like getting the behind the scenes. Like again, I know that we have um a lot of Jen Shaw stuff coming up, but I'm really excited about the whole point of us making Hot Messy Podcast and branching it out from our YouTube channel up in Adam was because our YouTube channel is so Bravo focused. And we've realized once you start branching out of that Bravo sphere you don't get the same interactions or reactions because people don't respond the same. They look at you as like a one trick pony. It's like all Bravo, Bravo, Bravo. So we're super excited to welcome the uh, Colpo sisters and fuck, I was going to say not Bravo, but it's like Brandy Glanville and people from Ozark <laughs> and people from um, all kinds of different Netflix shows and stuff like that. Um, T wise. <sighs> I mean, I'm already in trouble with Bravo. I can't get in trouble with my fellow, my fellow people, Dana Wilkie. But yes, you can find us at Up and Adam on YouTube. And then also go check out our podcast, Hot Messy Podcast. And if you listen to it and check it out, first of all, guys, thank you. And I, I always say this to everyone because I don't know who's listening, but we made it and we've been living in the top 50 for our podcasts and our like little our category and i'm still trying to figure out how it works jason's the one who's like doing the damn thing but living in our little like top 50 bubble so thank you and if you go listen to hot messy podcast just drop one of those ratings and reviews because from what i heard i guess that helps the algorithm jason take it away stop leaving me to sink <laughs> i don't know what to say anymore um you kind of just did it all but as far as tea Dana, I've talked to you about some of this, like Salt Lake City tea. There's a lot of shit going on with the new girls. That oh I think my god, like... there's a porno. Oh, I knew you were. Why would you say that? I'm confirming that, Do you but I have know a about photo. This, Dana? Dana, Dana's passed away because of this news. What is this porno? Dana, Dana Bowie, Dana Bowie, mm. Dana Banana. I yeah. never said that, but have you seen the photos? No, I haven't seen the photos, but I want to post them in the Patreon. Can you please Should send, send? Them to me? <laughs> please send them to me? I I already uh, I knew Dana was uh, rumored to have been in a porno. That oh my god! I, I I dropped that like a few months ago, so I'd love the photos. I couldn't find them. I did find a casting tape, but not the photos. I'm not well. Okay, well, I'm not confirming or saying who it was because I don't want to be liable for this shit. No, it's, and it's not. It's not who probably you think it is, but um, that came to me from a different person, and then it came from another person, and then another, and then another. Then it was the same yes. photo, and I was like, oh my god, these and are very somebody, reliable people. And she's literally holding both peepees in both hands. Okay. Oh my god, I love it. Send this photo. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's so I'll just put like... smiley faces on the peepees. <laughs> but doesn't she also live like an hour and a half outside of Salt Lake? She does. She yeah. does. Yeah. yeah. She lives like 45 minutes. That's a minutes long away. commute to work. 
I mean, the friends of this year are screaming to me as desperate. Desperate. They're, yeah. Yeah. They're giving me just like super desperate vibes. I'm not driving with them. I think that once well, you know that Jim... account that that Twitter and, and um, Instagram account that's run by Lisa Barlow, she just po- or they just posted on their R-H-O Twitter. SLC obsessed or whatever. Or yeah, whatever it is. Is no, that her Hall's... Finsta? I've been trying to remember which Housewives one was Lisa... of SLC. Yeah. So it's so funny because she's all giving Angie Harrington shit. She's got like a million Finsta accounts to make herself look good. I love it. <laughs> That's this, the storyline from the show. It's so dead after once like whatever happens with Jen happens, they might get another season. But like even right now with Jen, the ratings are it's not good. Yeah, I heard the ratings were terrible this last week. I was like, thank God it's not just me because I was covering it because people asked me to. I really, you know, I'm not that into to it right now either. And no, I struggled. I really yeah, struggle with it. And and even though I get lots of gossip like you guys, I still struggle with it. Usually that's yeah. a reason to want to do it, you know. Um, but yeah, I was like, God, the numbers are really low and and. I just couldn't figure it out. And, you know, sometimes I think, okay, it's suppression. That does happen. You know, you say something in it and the video is suppressed or, you know, you, the network gets upset and they might say something to YouTube. So the, the videos will get less like pushed out. But Dana. Um, I was like really shocked at Salt Lake City. And I was like, this is really low. And then I realized it had it was totally mirroring uh, the viewership of the show. So it wasn't necessarily that, you know, uh, people didn't want me to cover Salt Lake as much as it was that people just didn't care about Salt Lake. Right. Yeah. Jason. Mm. Will you add suppression? So, okay, girl. Really? Okay. I I'm busy I sending photos to, to Dana. <laughs> I love you guys. All right, Jason, listen, on that note, we'll wrap it up. And I wanted to, you guys, do me a favor. Um, let me know what you want me to talk about on our show tomorrow or the, the same or what. Okay. Do you know what? We actually want to talk to you oh. about you and your oh, experience cool. on um, Housewives. 25.